As I've mentioned before, everything that we are going to do together is for the purpose of receiving you and I the fullness of redemption that is possible in Christ. And we want this because we want to live the fullness of life in the Spirit that Jesus promised. And all of this is what leads us to eternal life with God. And we want to take as many people with us as we can. This is what we're all about. In order to accomplish this redemption, is there anyone here today that is fully redeemed? Could you just raise your hand? Is there anyone here that's fully redeemed? Another way to put that would be, is there someone here that loves God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength and loves all their neighbors perfectly as Christ loves us. Anybody here? If you are, we'll canonize you after the Mass. Of course, the rules are we have to wait till you die. But you get the, you get the point. We are all in need of greater redemption which is happening and unfolding day by day. And the way that God does this, His mercy and redeeming love is revealed in four activities. The first thing that God does, like when He first made the world, what was the first thing that God created? Let there be light. It's not surprising, therefore, that the first thing that God does to recreate a fallen world is by light. The coming of Jesus into the world, the Bible describes it as a light coming into the darkness. Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. And this is why he spent so much time teaching. This light is for the purpose of the other three activities. Because what this light reveals is not only God's immense love, the plan of salvation, but it makes us deeply aware of our fallenness, of our brokenness, and of our need to be saved and healed. Our need for a Savior. And this Savior does three things in our life. First, the light exposes the areas of sin. With the grace of repentance, our sins can be forgiven and taken away. Amen. But also, another activity of that mercy that the light reveals 
is our need for healing. This is something that has not often been addressed in homilies or in the, the, the life of the church in the past. There are so many people sitting in our pews on any given Sunday who have repented of their sins but still need healing because our sins can leave behind effects, both my own personal sins or the sins of other people, which can leave scars and wounds and hurts that can make us limp very badly in life. I love that Psalm 147. God heals the brokenhearted and he binds up all their wounds. Jesus wants to pour oil and wine into our wounds. And the third activity is Jesus came to set people free in the places where sin and Satan have gotten a stronghold in our life, where we might feel bondage, Jesus came to set the captives free. But this weekend, I want to focus on this healing. After the Lord's love broke into my life when I was 19 and 20, the first grace that I experienced was the grace of needing to repent of my sins, of my history of sin. And even though that repentance is ongoing in our life, the next thing I became aware of, <laughs> I needed to be healed. Boy, was I a broken man. Let me give you just an example of what this woundedness in our life can look like. Let us recall that we can be wounded in the places of our greatest spiritual needs. And we have two basic, deep spiritual needs. The first one, you and I were made by love for love. You and I need to know that we are loved and especially to experience a love that is intimacy, a deep intimacy. Because in that love, you and I receive so much. For example, we receive a deep sense of belonging, which is what we all want to know, is that we belong to someone. We receive a deep affirmation of our person, of our goodness. It's in love that I know that I am precious and that I'm lovable. We also have a need for truth, for light, especially with regard to who am I, my identity, 
Who am I? And who are you? Do we know the person that's looking in the mirror on any given morning? I also need to know what is a man? What is a woman? What is truly good and the good I must pursue and seek in life? I need to know if there is a purpose to my life beyond the little or the big goals that I set for myself. I need to know if there is an ultimate end to all this. Is there something beyond this life or is this all there is? This truth is what gives to us, along with that love, a deep sense of security, a foundation solid upon which to stand. It gives to a person confidence to face their life, to live and make decisions, and many, many other things. When you and I do not receive the love and the truth that we need, it leaves us wounded. The ultimate source of this <clears throat> love and truth is God. We must seek this love and truth in God. But in God's plan, you and I were meant to receive this as well and help mediate it, pass it on to one another. But because you and I are sinners, because we are fallen and broken and very weak, we don't do so good a job of this. And we end up hurting one another instead of helping each other. This is why there is so much need for mercy. This is why Jesus came into the world to bring the healing that you and I need. The most common wounds that people experience are first of all, wounds with regard to love, the wound of rejection and the wound of abandonment. With regard to truth, it's often the wound with regard to my identity confusion about who I am. Let's say I am someone who has experienced a form of rejection and abandonment in my life. It could have happened as a child, could have happened as a teenager or a young adult. It could happen even in our adult years. If I don't know how to go to Jesus with that wound, that wound is going to come out in all kinds of ways, which might even hurt me further if I don't know what I'm doing. There are so many people who have repented of their sins, and they still wonder why they limp so badly through life. Why? They feel stuck in a certain place and can't seem to get beyond.
If I have been rejected and I'm dealing with abandonment, I will struggle, for example, with trust. I will have a hard time opening my heart and loving other people. I will always be afraid of further rejection. And so I will live in this fear that restricts my life. Another thing I will experience is I may wrongly come to believe a lie that I am not worthy of love, that I'm not lovable, and that I deserved that rejection. I may come to wrongly believe that I'm not worth another person's time. Out of this may flow my struggles with rejecting myself. I may be very critical of myself, always condemning myself, and never thinking I'm good enough. The ache and the pain of not being loved as I need it, I may try to compensate, medicate, or escape that pain that is very deep in my soul. Some people try to medicate themselves by overeating, some overdrinking. Sometimes people that struggle with serious sexual sins are trying to compensate for a deep loneliness in their heart and a lack of intimacy. There are all kinds of ways that we re- respond to the wound of rejection in our life. Some people, they respond with anger, some with rebellion, some withdrawal. And these are just coping mechanisms until we can allow Jesus to touch that place deep within and heal it. I've met several people that struggle with authority. Do you know any of these people? They struggle with all authority. But as I get to know some of these people, what I find is that they were wounded by an authority that lacked love the kind that we see with Jesus. Rather than an authority that is affirming, that respects the person, that tries to build them up and empower them for their life, some people have experienced an authority that is harsh, that is domineering, that is very critical, that is very um, tearing down. And these people, sometimes they have an aversion to all authority or anything that infringes on their freedom, not realizing that they need to be healed. These are just some examples, and there are many others. How does Jesus heal us? Well, first of all, anything that brings you and I in contact with Jesus can be an opportunity for Jesus to heal us. For example, in moments of prayer, we can experience the healing power of God as we are experiencing His love in a moment of prayer. I've had that happen to me several times. As I open my life to the love of Jesus, 
I can be a vessel of healing as people experience God's unconditional love through me. Because Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist, at the time of Holy Communion, there might be a given Mass where you and I need to bring an old hurt, an old resentment, a struggle to forgive to Jesus in Holy Communion and experience healing at that moment. Sacrament of anointing, a sacrament that many Catholics have forgotten today. I get very few calls for anointing now. Sometimes, years ago, after they called 911, a family would call the priest, would be the second phone call. Now I'm lucky if I even get a call. But the sacrament of anointing, another way to encounter Jesus and to experience the healing power of his love, spiritually and even sometimes physically. I know people who have been healed in making a good confession. They came to forget to confess their sins and God surprised them and wanted to go deeper and healed a hurt that was underneath the sin they were confessing. Tears, buckets of tears just rolling down. Healing. So my dear friends, the important thing is that we are not afraid to admit that you and I might need healing. And if we do, let us come to Jesus. Let us come to Jesus who can heal these deep hurts and wounds that deprive us of full freedom in Jesus Christ. Amen.